thank you for tuning into Holistic Finance, where we promote financial balance and financial health. Our mission is to simplify your finances so you can focus on your practice and enjoy life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And we would like to wish you Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm sure many it's of you finally are... arrived. <laughs> like, yay! Good riddance to 2020. Here comes 2021. And so, with Alex and I, you know, loving what we do as financial planners, we thought, let's have an episode discussing three steps to create a simple financial plan for the new year. So that's Love what it. we're going to talk about today. And the key word is going to be simple uh, because Alex, <laughs> our industry loves to make it complicated. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you're including me in part of that. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not. I, I think um, the now you like to use jargon just because, and I do too now, to, to be fair, because it's just what we, you and I talking, it just becomes a part of our language. Um, but you and I do, we, we really do simplify most things. You just like to go into the weeds uh, when <laughs> analyzing things, which is very different. Yeah. So it's, it's not so much that I like using jargon. It's that it, it, it is ceased being jargon to me. And it's just part of my yeah. everyday vernacular. Exactly. So, so let, let's, let's jump right in here, Alex. So we've got, we've got three steps. We've done enough chit chat. want to keep us focused. <laughs> cool. So let's, let's jump into this here. So the, step number one, um, I'm sure every, most naturopaths listening right now are probably thinking, oh, they're probably going to say create a budget. No, not a budget. Yes. We want the exact opposite of that, which is a conscious spending plan where you actually get to prioritize what are the things that you want to do. We would suggest that the first place to start is identifying how much you want to save and paying yourself first, identifying how much you're going to save. Now, if, if you have the ability to, we would recommend. 20%. That is a great place to start with savings rate. For some folks, when you're early in your career, you don't have much in the way of fixed expenses. Um, and so you're able to save more as a percentage. Uh, other folks, you, you've got uh, a mortgage, family, kids, things of that nature, and it, it may not be as possible to save that. But identify what you can save and pay yourself first. Yeah, the, the the word budget's a four letter word. No one likes it, and we are we're trying. Yeah. So rather than looking at it from a standpoint of what I have to do, it's more of okay, what do I get to spend? So let's look at the positive side of stuff, right? So many of you, you're building your own practice, or maybe you're joining another practice. Right. In today's episode, we're talking more on the personal side, not not the business side of things. And so we want you to look at it from a standpoint of okay. If you can automate as much as you can on the savings, if you can automate the, the 20% savings or however 
percent, how much ever much you could save, have that automated. And then you get to spend the rest, right? And you're in That's, control. You, you get to pick where you want those dollars to go, whether it's vacation, a home, home improvement, paying down debt, whatever you, wherever it is that you want those dollars to go, be in control of it. Yeah, in a in a perfect world, and I realize we don't live in a perfect world, <laughs> but just breaking down percentages or ratios, right? If the first twenty percent goes to your savings, or whatever percentage that is, first twenty percent goes there. The next thirty percent, right, or the next fifty percent, I'll I'll break it down that way, goes to expenses, right? Just l l paying your bills, living day to day, and just the the basic monthly bills that you have. And then the last 30% is that lifestyle or overpayment or combination of the two of the debt that you owe. Mm -hmm. And in an ideal world, that's how we break down your income and, and where it should be going. Hard to do. I realized I just really simplified. <laughs> and some of you are just like, yeah, if I could do that, we get that. But start from somewhere and build on that rather than taking the negative approach to it and saying, well, I'll get to it when I can build the habits today. That's going to allow you to do it better in the future. Well, an exercise that I've actually taken a client through, uh, here's a client who about 10 years ago, they were having a really tough time saving. They, they would get to the end of the month and, and everything would be gone. And I said, okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to create a way to go ahead and shift a certain amount of money on a monthly basis from your regular checking account to a savings account. And then try like heck to not touch that money. And what they found was that they were very, very quickly able to go like they were struggling to try and figure out how they were going to be able to save $200 a month. And within two years, they had made that 200 grow to a thousand. And it was just by simply putting it out of sight, out of mind. And now for this particular client, eventually they got to the point where they, they really had to like transfer it to another bank uh, because they saw it growing in their savings account and then they'd start spending that. Um, but the, the concept remain, remains the same, which is out of sight, out of mind. And they were able to go ahead and figure out that where they were putting their money was not where they wanted it to go. And it was just simply because it was there. Once it wasn't there, light switch just flicked on and they were able to, to do so much more. They created the habits or the lifestyle habit and they stuck to it, right? So like if they, if they don't know it exists, if it was going away automatically to this other bank, right? And they just didn't know about it. They got used to that lifestyle with that money going there. So it was as if like nothing changed for their lifestyle, right? They created right. that habit which is the hardest thing to do. I mean, let's just face it, that right there is why people financially fail is they 
overspend, right? And it's it's no different than the other areas of our life. We uh, we overeat, we overdrink, we sit on the couch too much, we don't exercise enough. All of all of the things are, are really just inertia. Yep. So not having good habits. Create that spending plan, prioritize that savings, and build those good habits. That's going to set you up for a ton of success moving forward. Which takes us to step number two, Alex, and that's protect the your income. Yes, and we we talked about possibly having this as as step number one, um, and we we ultimately landed that uh, on the fact that you need to understand what your income is before you work to protect it. Um, and so having that having that thought, having that conscious plan of what is it that you're going to spend your money on. You know, really enables you to to think about it differently from a protection standpoint because now you're protecting what we created in step one. Yeah, a hundred percent. Now that you have, you know, if you really sit down and you build this spending plan, and a lot of that is normally builds into, you know, the vision of your practice, the vision of, of what life looks like today versus ten years from now. Well, now you're definitely going to look at that that protection piece or understanding what you're protecting very very differently. Yeah, when I, right. I, I love I love your story in in terms of how you talk about this, where like the the concept of protecting our income, our most valuable financial resource, like that innately makes sense to to folks, and it, it it's amazing where almost every time we get the the question of well, how much should I protect? <laughs> And right, I mean, it, it it just it 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 boggles my mind. And the 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 question that we usually ask back is, all right, well, how much of your income are you using currently? And big and sometimes we'll all of some it. different answers. Like, <laughs> right, like, even if we're saving twenty percent, we're Very still few using people have not that said money. that. Right, and. and Usually it's this light bulb that switches on and it's like, oh, well, of course I should protect all of it. Um, I mean, it's not always, but usually people are like, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Again, when you know what you're protecting, you're more willing to, because let's just, call, let's just face it, most of the time protecting your income does cost some money to protect it. You're more willing to spend that money because now you know what you're protecting long term. For sure. Which takes us to number which takes us to number three here, Alex, which is creating liquidity and having liquidity. Yeah. We know that life is gonna happen. We know that when it occurs, we're going to want to have liquidity. Whether it's a really good thing or whether it's a really bad thing, both of those things require liquidity. An example of a, a really good thing is earlier this year, one of our clients was able to significantly upgrade their house because the house, that the area that they wanted to live in was a higher end and that was actually coming down in price because of what was going on with COVID early on. And their existing home was actually going up because people were trying to uh, upsize their home into a, a space that had 
an extra office so they could work from home, more space for the kids, all of those fun things. Um, and so those two things combined with what happened with interest rates really allowed this client to, to be able to accomplish this. They were lucky to have had liquidity um, and to be in a good position for liquidity. But that's why we want to create that. Because we never know when those opportunities are going to come up. We never know when those challenges are going to arise. The liquidity, right? Having access to money quickly. That's when we just defining liquidity real quick for you. That liquidity allows the flexibility that most people talk to us in terms of a goal that they have for their financial life, right? Like you could call it financial freedom. I mean, whatever you want to call it. Most of the time, it's about flexibility of, well, if something occurs, I've got X, Y, and Z as options, right? right. And that's both positive and negative, right? You, positive stuff can occur. Well, I've got X, Y, and Z options to, to jump on that, that positive opportunity. If it's negative, well, I've got X, Y, or Z to handle that negative aspect. And the only way to have that is to have access to money quickly. And yeah, it some of you might be thinking, like, I just want to make sure we, we bring this up real quick, Alex. We're not suggesting all of your money to be in cash, <laughs> right? Like, someone's going to go Google liquidity and, and start saying, well, no, I'll lose out on rate of return or, or something like that, right? This isn't a comparison of all of your money sitting in the savings account and all of your money sitting wherever else that might be able to get some rate of return. It's about having some amount of money that's liquid that provides all of the other flexibility for your other money. Yeah, absolutely. It's about creating balance and making sure that you've got access to funds. It doesn't necessarily have to all be liquid that you can go pull out an ATM card and go walk down to the bank and get it. Um, you know, it might be something where you've got a home equity line of credit or you've got some super conservative investments or you've got a CD or a money market account or some of these other various different structures. Uh, but that's that's why some of these different things exist is because we don't want all of our assets to be in one account or another account. We, we, we want to create balance and we want to create flexibility so that when we need to get access to funds. Again, whether it's for good things or bad things, doesn't matter, we've got access to it. So those are your three steps, right? Just to recap, step number one, draft a conscious spending plan, prioritizing savings, protect your income, step number two, and then step number three, create that liquidity uh, for, for that flexibility aspect. And that's it, right? Those three steps to create that simple financial plan, which takes us, Mr. Collins, to the question of the day. Yeah, question of the day being being that New Year's is right around the corner here. What is your New Year's financial resolution? So we thought we would share our resolutions, financially speaking, uh, with you all today. So Alex, what, what is your New Year's resolution uh, for next year? So my my resolution, uh, I became painfully aware earlier this year that uh, um, my savings rate had fallen off a little bit due to a whole host of different things. And and that while I was OK with that over a short period of time, 
it's now no longer a short period of time. And so my goal is to get that savings rate back up to 20% this year. Awesome. Mine, yourself, this year, mine this year is, you know, I'm sure I've mentioned, uh, you know, my family's uh, passion for Maui and where our goal is to, to move there um, relatively soon. And so our goal this year is to have that bucket of money ready to go to purchase our property in Maui uh, when we're ready to go. So that's what this, this big push is for 2021. So we're excited for that. Awesome. So if you would head over to holistic-finance.com and you can scroll down and there's a, a spot for you to go ahead and reply to the, uh, the question of the day, which is what's your new year's financial resolution. If there's a, topic that you want Ryan and I to discuss on an upcoming podcast. That's another great place to, to go ahead and drop that as a line to us. If you want to have a conversation with either myself or with Ryan or with both of us, uh, you can also uh, request that there in that, in that feature. Uh, but just let us know, you know what, uh, what you've got going on and, and what your questions are. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Mr. Collins, make it a great day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, Membra, Membra, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian, Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Bonafide Financial Partners is not an affiliate.